parenting. It's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey, awesome parents. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so glad you're here. So in today's episode, I am going to help you understand the idea of sharing through a new lens, because I think we as parents often get caught up in this idea that kids should be sharing, that sharing is somehow necessary, a necessary social skill, right? A measure of our child's goodness. And that is so not true. So in today's episode, we are going to unpack where this idea that kids should be sharing comes from and why is it hard for us as adults to watch our kids be hesitant to share, what narratives go through our heads in these moments, and how can we respond more effectively? And here's the thing. If you want to show up differently, if you want to feel differently, in your parenting, if you want to feel good about how you're parenting, changing your mindset is literally the first step. So toward that end, I have an amazing free resource for you. You can go to raiseresilient.com forward slash mindset and grab your copy today. Totally free. It's called six mindset shifts to ditch the overwhelm and parent in a way that feels good. These mindset shifts are the six core mindset shifts that I had to make in order to get to a place where I felt better about my parenting, to get to a place where I felt like, you know what? I've got this. This is hard. It's always going to feel hard, but I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm meeting my child's needs. Not perfectly. I'll never do that perfectly, but that's okay, right? I know that that's okay. And I feel confident that the way I'm parenting works for my child and works for me. And I want that for you. I want that for you just like I was able to get to that point. I want you to be able to get to that point too. And so you can grab your copy totally free. This guide will help you start to shift how you see things in parenting because that is so, so important. So grab your copy today. And now let's jump in to sharing We all want our kids to share. And I think the reason we want our kids to share with other kids is because we want them to have good social skills. We want them to get along with other kids and we never want to be that parent on a play date whose kid is causing trouble, right? I think that's what it boils down to. I think there is this societal expectation that good kids share. And I want to completely dismantle that for you today because that could not be further from the truth. So... Let's talk a little bit about why sharing actually isn't developmentally appropriate, especially for young kids. For toddlers, sharing is basically impossible given their brain development. But I would argue that even for preschoolers and sometimes even for older kids, sharing is not developmentally appropriate. And even for our older kids, there are some situations where kids really should just not have to share. And I'm going to get into that too. But I'm also going to help you 
empower your kids to engage in healthy turn-taking with other kids so that there isn't this constant pressure on you to make your child share. And I'll explain why that's actually going to make it harder for your child to share, right? So forcing our kids to share counterintuitively is going to make it harder for them to share in a healthy way down the road. So in order for kids to want to share their things, they need to have two cognitive developments. The first is that they need to have what we call a theory of mind. So they need to be able to understand that you are not the same as me. Your wants are not the same as mine. And what is in your mind is different than what is in my mind. So most toddlers have not developed this yet. This develops at some point between age two and age four, around age three on average. And even at that point, that's when your child begins to have this capacity, okay? It's not when they've completely integrated this capacity and they're a pro. So you're going to see this theory of mind start to develop and start to get integrated into their worldview, but it's not automatic and it's not immediate and it's not perfectly linear either. So our kids need to have a theory of mind and our kids also need to be able to express empathy, to feel and express empathy. So that means they can look at somebody and say, I can see that you want something and I care about that because you know what? I could imagine how it might feel to be in your position. In order to have empathy, our kids have to have that theory of mind. For really young kids, especially for babies and then for toddlers, they actually believe that the world is completely centered around their experience. Babies actually believe that their minds are the same as everyone around them. They can't differentiate between someone else's wants and needs and their own. As children grow, they start to be able to do that. But again, we don't start to see that until age two to four on average. So, Now, it might start to make a little more sense as to why sharing is just completely not possible for our toddlers, and they are not going to get anything out of us making them stop what they're doing and give up a toy to another child. So for toddlers especially, let's just completely stop forcing our kids to share. But I would argue that at any age, it's not a helpful thing, and I'm going to explain why. Okay. So before I jump into all of that, I'm going to talk about why we want our kids to share. So I think in some part, we believe that sharing makes kids kind, right? Kind kids share their things. But here's the thing. Kids learn kindness and respect by being treated with kindness and respect. And there's literally nothing kind or respectful about the message that, you know what, you should ignore your own needs and give up whatever you're doing just because another child has asked you to do that. I think we also think that when kids share, it means they have good social skills. And we all want our kids to have good social skills because we want them to have friends. We want them to be included. We want them to have a positive experience with friends in school. But here's the thing. Respect and empathy are the cornerstones of good social skills, and those will not come from us forcing our kids to give up toys just because somebody asks. So the things we want when we want our kids to share, we actually do not get by forcing them to share. And actually, by allowing them not to share in the way that I'm going to describe here in a minute, 
we are actually doing a lot more to develop those qualities of respect and empathy in our kids. But when our kids don't share, we can go down the parenting rabbit hole that I talk about all the time. We can start to wonder, what does this say about them as a person? If my child won't share their truck, how are they going to fare socially and in life? Is this a capital P problem that we need to fix? And from there, we move into what's wrong with my kid? And then what's wrong with me? When we are in that place, we are not thinking rationally. We are thinking about problems that don't even exist. And from there, we can be reactive with our kids. We can do things like take the truck away and hand it to the other child. That's not helpful. So if we can become aware of that process when we start to go there, oh, I'm going down that parenting rabbit hole again. I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to parent the child in front of me. I don't have to worry about any of this right now. Nothing that I am dealing with right now is a problem. All of this is workable and a normal part of childhood. I think another reason that we often want our kids to share is that we want peace on playdates and in our own homes if we're dealing with siblings. And this is a tough one because I really get it. It's hard to sit and constantly be managing this process of helping our kids say no when they're not ready to share and then supporting our other child with feelings of disappointment. But here's the thing, the more we support our kids in healthy turn-taking, the more they're going to be able to do that with less and less help from us. So I get wanting peace on playdates, and I also get not wanting to be that parent, the only one who's not forcing their kid to share. I so understand that, and I'm going to help you understand the things you can say to your own child and even to somebody else's child to help smooth that process so that it's not just this awkward situation between you and the other parent. Okay, so here's why we shouldn't force kids to share. First of all, it teaches them that their needs matter less than other people's. And that is not something we want to teach our kids. This can lead to unhealthy tendencies over time. Think people-pleasing. Also, kids need to be able to play freely. I'm gonna say that again. Play is a need in childhood. It is literally your child's work. Think of it that way. Kids need to be able to play freely and to learn to know what it feels like in their body to be satisfied with a play experience and ready to move on to something else. So kids need to get used to this idea of playing freely, moving through that play experience, and truly feeling satisfied and done If we don't ever let them get to that point, because we are constantly managing who has what toy, we get in the way of this really important part of play. So we totally interrupt the process that our kids need to go through. And the third reason we should not force our kids to share, it actually makes sharing harder in the long run. So I alluded to this at the beginning of the episode, but when we teach our kids that they might have to give up a toy at any moment, kids can become territorial, right? And that makes so much sense. Let's say they manage to finally get a hold of a toy and they feel like at any moment you're going to come over and say, okay, give that toy to Sally. That's going to create this anxiety and this sense of I've got to protect this toy. This is actually going to make our kids less likely to feel comfortable sharing. Remember, sharing doesn't make social sense to children, especially young children. So when we are constantly managing this process and taking toys away from our kids, 
it gets encoded as toys can get taken away at any moment. Toys are scarce, so I really have to hold on tight and white-knuckle this process. So what happens is the very behaviors you're hoping to stop are going to happen even more. So hopefully by now you're on board with this idea that we shouldn't force our kids to share, but what in the world should we do instead? Okay, first things first, a mindset shift. Okay, it is normal and healthy for kids not to share. And in order to really make this mindset shift, I want you to practice empathizing with your child. So a couple of examples. Imagine you're on a treadmill at the gym. You just started your workout. You're getting into your stride and someone comes up to you and says, hey, can I use your treadmill? In what world would you stop your workout just because another person asked? You wouldn't, right? You would say, sure, I'll be done in 20 minutes or whatever, right? Or let's say you have a family iPad and you're using it to do a crossword puzzle. When your partner comes and says, hey, can I use the iPad? Would you really stop mid-puzzle and say, okay, yeah, sure? No, chances are really good that you'd say, sure, when I'm done with this puzzle, it's all yours. So even as adults, even as healthy, emotionally connected, socially connected adults, we don't share on command. We manage resources in a healthy way that allows space for both people's needs. But we're expecting our kids not to do that and actually to just give up what they're doing on command. So empathize with your child. What your child is doing in play is important. And to just come and interrupt that and say, well, sorry, Johnny wants the truck, so now you need to give it up, is so unfair and unhelpful. So the mindset shift is really important. Again, if we're walking into the situation thinking something's wrong because our child is not sharing, we're going to have a hard time being present for the feelings that come up, the process of the natural give and take between kids. Okay, so just making that mindset shift is huge. Two, focus on normalizing and supporting kids in turn-taking instead. Now, I say supporting kids instead of managing this because honestly, kids will work this out on their own. Janet Lansbury actually has some really cool videos of toddlers playing together And she shows in a couple of examples what happens when parents back off and just let the toddlers work out their struggles around who has what toy. They do, even at age two, they work it out. So we've got to give them the space to do that. But we can support them in this by teaching them to say things like, I'll let you know when I'm done having a turn. And could you please let me know when you're done so I can have a turn? Right? So if we teach our kids to say things like that and we model that language for them, that is so powerful. But we also need to trust that they will work it out and give them the space to do that. Right. The third thing that we need to do is to allow space for feelings when a child is disappointed about having to wait. It's so hard to wait, isn't it? I really get that. The toy truck is so cool and you want to try it. Gosh, it's really hard. I understand, right? But you're not fixing it. You're not coming up and taking the truck from the other child and saying, here you go. We've got to let our kids tolerate feeling disappointed. It's not our job to fix feelings. And when we force sharing, it's another form of fixing feelings. 
So we need to just allow the disappointment to exist. We can also say things like, you know, there's one truck and two kids who both would like a turn. I wonder how you'll work this out and then give them the space to do that. And then the fourth thing that we should be doing is to model healthy sharing in our own homes. And we do this all the time. I guarantee you're already doing this. But I'm talking about things like, does anyone else want the last dinner roll or is it okay if I eat it? Or sure, you can borrow my exercise ball when I'm done using it. Or even, yes, when I'm done listening to this song, we can play your song. All of those are forms of natural and healthy sharing that goes on in families. So modeling that is huge. And I will tell you, I have started to see with my oldest that he naturally will do things like, hey, can I have the last cookie or does anyone else want it? We never sat him down and said, hey, this is what you need to do to be a good sharer. We just modeled it and he picked up on it and now he just does it. Modeling as a parent is so, so powerful. Never underestimate that your kids are watching you and the power of modeling is so, so, so important. So we can model healthy sharing and our kids will get that. Now, I alluded to this idea that there are situations where kids never have to share. And I'm going to talk about those now. So first of all, if something is special to your child, if it's their belonging and it is special, I would argue that they don't have to share that. So if a child is having somebody come over for a play date, I do this with my kids. I say, you know what? We're having so-and-so come over for a play date. Why don't you go through your room and if there's anything you really don't want to share or you don't want someone else to play with because it feels really special to you, why don't you put that away in your closet? And so they will. They'll put away maybe a Lego setup or a special stuffed animal. They always put something away. And that gives kids some control over this idea of, oh no, someone could be touching things that I don't want them to touch, right? They have some agency in that situation. And I think that's so important. So if something is special to your child, I would argue that they don't need to share that. It's okay for that to be their special thing. Now, we can also talk to kids about, okay, but if you're taking that to school or if you're taking that to a play date, other kids might ask to play with it. How do you feel about that? What would you say in that situation? Would you feel okay sharing it? Right, And you can just help your child think through those situations before they're actually faced with them. Now, another situation where I would argue that kids don't have to share is if they're still using something. And this goes along the lines of what we were just talking about. But especially if it is their item and they're still using it, I would argue that there shouldn't be a timeline on giving that up. So for example, we were recently at a local park and my oldest had his scooter and he was scootering in circles around the track and another child came over to him. Now he didn't know this child, but this child came over and said, Hey, can I use your scooter? And my son very appropriately said, you know what? I'm still using it. I'll let you know when I'm done. Now I think it would have been totally fine, especially since he didn't know this child, but also because he was still using his scooter if he would have said, not today. But he let this child know that when he was done, they would get a turn. The child kept asking and kept asking. And I didn't know where the other parent was. So I said, gosh, it is so hard to wait. I really get that. You really want to try the scooter and he's still using it. That's so hard. Even though that wasn't my child. 
And that's the sort of language you can use if you're on a play date and your child is using something and you're supporting your child in not having to give that up when they're not ready. You can even hold space for the other child's feelings, right? Or you can say things like I said before that, you know, there's one truck and two of you. I wonder how you'll work that out. But I don't think that's necessarily an appropriate thing to say when your child is using something that belongs to them, right? That is a situation where I would argue they don't have to share. They can share if they want to. And my son did end up giving this child a turn, but he made sure that he was done doing what he wanted to do and ready to go play with something else. That was his choice. That was his choice after a childhood where we have not forced him to share, by the way. But I think it would have been totally okay for him to say, you know what? Not today. I'm using this. So I just want you to know that you don't have a selfish kid or an entitled kid if they are saying no to sharing their things. That's totally okay. And just think for yourself for a moment. Are there things of yours that you don't share, for example, with your kids? Right? Like I do let my kids play with my yoga ball, but part of me in the back of my mind is always worried they're going to pop it. And so I think it would be totally okay if I said, you know what, that's for my workouts. So I can get you another thing to play with if you'd like, but that one is mine, right? So there are things that your child shouldn't have to share. And there are things that we don't share as adults, right? Just because someone asks for a spin in our new car doesn't mean we're going to say, sure, here's the keys. So I just want you to start to empathize and really put yourself in your child's shoes in these moments so that you can see that it's not a problem to be fixed if your child is not ready to share their things. I hope that this is helpful. I hope this helps you reframe this idea of sharing and what it really takes to develop the capacity to share and the desire to share in a child versus what we often do to try to get there. Your challenge for this week is to see if there's a place where you can step back a little bit, whether it's with your own kids or whether it's with your child on a play date, but to really step back, trust the process, and to stop forcing your child to take turns before they're ready. So thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next week. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.